deep in the heart of the city, a coalition of evil and sadism festers, its many arms of vitriol extending beyond the concrete jungle and across the world. Many have tried to stop it, or even simply to contain it. All have failed. Yet, in our dark hour, a hero emerges. <laughs> Watch and weep, Sister Isabel, as I blow your precious orphanage to smithereens. <laughs> oh, Dr. Destructo, you can't. How could you? How could I? Why, it's simple, sister. While the police are busy chasing their tails and the all-bark, no-bite politicians like Mitt Romney waste their breath chastising me, I continue to wreak havoc, completely free of consequence. <laughs> Hold it right there, Dr. Destructo. Huh? What was that? You should know that Mitt Romney has been the only Republican senator on the Hill who's had the bravery to consistently condemn your actions time and time again. What are you talking about? Who's there? It is I, Pierre Delecto. Oh, Pierre, thank goodness you're here. This madman's going to blow St. Jeb's orphanage. You've got to stop him. You really think you can stop me, you masked freak? My goons have already laid dynamite all throughout the building. All I've got to do is pull this lever here, and the building goes boom! Face it, tough guy, you're too late. I may be too late, but I can assure you that if Mitt Romney were here, he wouldn't hesitate to call your behavior deeply troubling and a blatant disregard for our constitutional norms. Uh, yeah, okay. I... Wait a second. That classically presidential jawline? Senator Romney? You stroke my ego by comparing me physically to the last non-morally bankrupt Republican senator in Washington. But it will do you no good. No, I... I see your perfectly quaffed salt and pepper hair. Senator Romney, I know it's you. Oh, please, Senator, do something. Save the children. Uh, I'm not Senator Romney... <coughs> I am not Senator Romney, much as you may insist that I am. Your mask fell off, Senator. Oh, beans and biscuits. Excuse me, hang on a sec. Uh, there. <clears throat> I have said my piece, but you should bite your tongue when mocking the junior senator from Utah slash former Republican presidential nominee Mitt Romney. He may just call out your next crime for setting a dangerous precedent for the United States on the global stage. But for now... I must go. Wait, Senator... I, I mean, Pierre, where are you going? Aren't you going to save the orphan? And he's gone. So, any chance his words inspired a change of heart in you? And not really. Still gonna blow up the orphanage? Oh, most definitely. Tune in next week when Pierre suggests he may be open to criminally charging Martin, the self-confessed meat hook murderer, should more evidence of him having murdered people with meat hooks arise. Coming to you from the KUCI headquarters in sunny Irvine, California, it's half past five with Paxton Wright, I guess. Musician Buster Bear, featuring music by Buster. Now, ladies and gentlemen, 
welcome your host, Paxton Wright. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I am Paxton Wright. Folks, I am going to keep this one oh so brief because this show is oh so jam-packed to the rafters with content. I tell you what, uh, I was fortunate enough to have on a, a dear friend of mine, a very, very talented uh, individual, uh, Buster Bear. Uh, Buster is the frontman to the very aptly named uh, funk group uh, Buster. And we talked a lot about his his work in funk, what it is about uh, that very specific genre of music that that uh, he's attracted to, sort of how his history in comedy and improv kind of ties into it. And we uh, we goofed around a whole bunch. Uh, you have actually already heard Buster talk on this episode because he was the voice of Doctor Destructo and uh, Sister Isabel on that very silly sketch that. We just performed a minute ago, and now you'll hear him talking while not doing silly voices. We're doing less. We do some silly voices in the interview, too. But but there's there's a far uh, greater ratio of normal talk to silly voices in the interview. On a whole, you'll see for yourself. And also remember to stay tuned till the very end of the interview where we'll be playing an exclusive track from Buster uh, that has not been released to the, the masses yet. So the only place you're going to hear it is right here on KUCI. You're not even going to hear it if you uh, tune into the podcast because, uh, for, for again, legal reasons, we cannot play any music on the podcast. So this is the one time and place to, to hear it. You will not want to miss it. Anyhow, remember, if you want to reach out to me with any questions, comments, inquiries, insults, and or advice, you can reach out to me at paxtonwright at KUCI.org. That's P-A-X-T-O-N-W-R-I-G-H-T at KUCI.org. Uh, and you that was org now i just said it weird uh and you can also follow the podcast on apple Podcasts at kuci colon uh, half past five encourage you to check that out uh it's just the same show we have over here but you can listen listen on the go and listen on your own time how neat is that anyhow that's enough of me let's get to my interview with buster bear Oh, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to start recording right now, okay. and uh, we will start this show whenever we feel like starting it. Does now sound good to you? I like right now. Perfect. Me too. Buster, by the way, before we get started, I didn't let you oh. know. Try not to swear. If you swear, oh. it's fine. I can censor it, but the the less I have to do, the better. I will do my best, but I'm not going to promise anything. I Nor should you. This is, again, why I, why I always pre-record. Nice. Buster, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Paxton. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing quite well. Yeah, I'm doing well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a we we've been uh, having a fun conversation. There was a there was a scheduling discrepancy here mm-hmm. in the station, so we had about 45 minutes to loaf around and uh, get some treats. We got some good treats, <laughs> but uh, we 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 learned a lot about each other tonight. I think, I think. so. I think, I, I think so. Yeah. I think our souls are bonded. Mm, that's beautiful. Thanks, Buster. Let's go soul bond. <laughs> let's let's get a soul bond tattoo. <laughs> Ooh, I love it. Let, you want to hear? <laughs> yeah. I know this great soul bonding place in Venice Beach. Yeah. <laughs> this guy Rodrigo, he just <laughs> he just gets in there. <laughs> he just gets in there and takes every little bit of your soul and just sews them all together. He's making a big tapestry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried he has some ulterior motives. <laughs> Don't question his his laugh. He's got some strange altars in his office. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, soul bonded. Anyhow, yeah. Buster, uh, you are the lead singer from for a, you're the front man, I'd say. Front I man guess, is more, yeah, you, you, you play, that. there's instruments. I play the bass as well, yeah. Yes, uh, for a band with mm-hmm. a with a very apt name, which yeah, is it's Buster. And it's correct. Right now, we're kind of in the process of figuring that out exactly what we're going to do cuz the trajectory of the band is kind of altered a lot about from where we started so kind of the the what we're going to name it in the in the long run I'm not really sure right but you guys are relatively recently formed correct yeah we played our third show uh on Friday so so it's I think it's been 2 3 months maybe that mm-hmm. we've even known each other that was the thing that I think impressed me so much when I when I saw you guys perform because as some context, like I mean, I, I've known I've known you for a number of years now. Yeah. I've literally had your mother on the show before. <laughs> yeah, Shout- I know. I think that's cool. <laughs> Shout this is a little family thing going down. Kathy Shambly Bear, we've got to get bread on here and then get yep. a full yeah, get a full go. smorgasbord. That would be cool. But uh, shout out to mom. Shout out to mom. <laughs> or not, well, shout out to my mom too. I yeah, guess. your yeah. mom's great. Yeah. I love your mom. Hey yeah. Cheryl. Hi Cheryl. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, I think that was, so for the for the years that I've known you, I mean, I've never actually seen you perform music, so, I mean, going into this, I didn't have low expectations, I just didn't know what to expect, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. bu- uh, Buster's doing, like, a funk band? Uh, okay, uh, we'll see how this turns out. One of the greatest live shows I have <laughs> ever been to. All right, to. hell yeah, man. And, like, the, just watch, the entire bar's energy just, like, skyrocketing. Yeah. After that, like you have such a keen devotion to both really tight uh, instrumentals, and like you said, you know your band are all sort of seasoned jazz musicians, and you've got a history in like comedy and performance, mm-hmm. uh, and so you are also a really great showman and great at getting the crowd riled. Did that? How did that mesh originally even happen with you in this band? How did you find out that you could sort of perform like this? Well, I don't know. I mean, that goes back. I knew. I always knew I could, and nobody believed me for a really long time. <laughs> like, I believe you. the classic be. thanks, Paxton. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people. A lot of people did, but I think um, a lot of people have have always been very supportive of me. Actually, um, but I think um, a lot of it was confusing for people musically because I could hear things in my head that my fingers couldn't do for a very long time for years and years now and I was like if I could just get this to happen and I was like driven mad by it and like you know talking to my girlfriends at the time going like if I could just do it and they're like okay honey like you're not (laughs) but like you know maybe you should stay to poetry your poetry's so good you know and like which was always nice but it's like I could hear this like thing and I knew I I've always known that if I care about what I'm doing on stage I can make anything happen. Like, Mm -hmm. I know that. The difficult part is dealing with myself. Like, I don't understand how people um, get behind something that they aren't interested in. Like, that to me is really confusing. I I could never do it. But I've always heard this music that I love, that I'm like, this is the funkiest stuff in the world. Like, I got to get this out there. And so when I got these musicians, for the first time in my life, musicians that could play the thoughts, first of all, period, just the thoughts that I was hearing, and then on top of it, add their completely own expression to the point where I'm, like, what you hear there is me and my best friends just 
like going at it with each other, you know, like really talking to each other. Um, and me trying to like create pop, pop a hole in that bubble and pour it onto the audience, you know? So for, so for when this, like the second that starts happening, I lose it. I, I just get so excited. And I think that that is probably, you know, there's probably something about like mirror neurons and all this kind of thing where it's like, if, if someone sees someone having that much fun, they have fun. Like there's Mm -hmm. no, there's no questioning it. There's no existential like nervousness about it. And it's one of the one places where I feel like I I know something's going to happen or something makes any sense at all. You know, it's like <laughs> I know if I get on stage and I'm having fun, something good will happen. Mm. That's that's it, you know. And that I think that that like you hit the nail on the head right there with with fun being such a key part of it because I think like you see any number of bands at, at a bar or they're they're good. They can be great even, mm-hmm. but there is such a factor that still feels like they are working and they're like we have rehearsed this and we are right. and like and you guys, what what is what's so incredible about you guys is that there is this very clear and obvious rehearsal and and uh, perfectionism in what you're doing. Like I said, the band is so tight, but in that you don't lose that sense of of fun and silliness and playfulness. That's, that is all jazz. Yeah. To be honest, yeah, that is like 100. percent I th- I think what jazz is about. I mean, you study improv. Re- improv is is the jazz of music, right? Jazz is or the all jazz the, is the jazz of music, but well, wait, yeah. What am I trying? To, jazz is the improv of music. That's what I meant to there say. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> improv is the jazz of jazz, jazz, uh, <laughs> jazz. So jazz. What does jazz, jazz do about jazz? Um, yeah, but you know, like a lot of it is about is about improvising. So there's this like general sense of like you you learn the skill. I think of being able to express an emotion through something and and be loose and creative while also being like tight. I'm not trained in that way. So, but the rest of the band is, and I'm, I'm now I'm like, Oh, I got to catch up. But like, <laughs> um, the rest of the band, they all know what they're doing with that kind of thing. So I think it creates this, this zone where, cause this is what naturally pours out of, out of me is like very complex rhythmic groove or, or a bass groove that, that is fun in itself. Like the writing of it is fun. So that's all there is to it. And then I think the tightness comes from just whenever you see anybody jump onto someone else's vibe and express that on the dot, exactly everyone expressing the same thing just is always going to seem tight, even if it's not. It's not really. I mean, we had two weeks to practice with our with the new with the drummer. Like he he learned that whole set in two weeks. No kidding. Yeah, they're just insane. They just know what they're doing, you know. And they they also I do think that we have a very deep connection. I think they understand what I'm trying to do musically. They 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 love the the comedy. That's what they are, they all talk about. Like in the band, they're like, "Why is it? It sounds like comedy, right? Like that, they <laughs> it sounds like setup and then punchline, and like that's where the laughter is. It's like in the chorus is the punchline. I'm like, yeah, it is kind of like that's like my history, you know. So I think that that sound plays a lot. But I think it's the tightness and without losing the fun is is really just the band training to understand that. And them being so on point with that. And I just don't have any other option. Me having fun is doing that. You know what I mean? So so that is it in a nutshell. And the band can get on that because they're so good. They really are. And so how did you guys even sort of come to meet to begin with? How did you That's guys a, start working together? Well, this is a crazy story. So this is somewhat why it sounds so good so quickly also is... Um, so I work at Deets Brothers Music. Shout out to Deets Brothers. Um... I work there teaching guitar 
and bass and a little bit of drums and stuff. And um, they hired Enrique, the saxophone player in the group, and he was teaching saxophone there. And then we met each other, and I had this other drummer who was, I was like gonna start this group with him. And I kept bothering Enrique, like, hey man, you wanna jam? Like, you wanna come jam with us? And he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Cause all the horn players at Deets Brothers, like everybody was like, will you be in my group? No, will you be in my group? Cause <laughs> horns are so dope. Um, and so Enrique was like, whatever. And then one day I happened to mention like, yeah, we're doing a funk group. And he's like, wait, what? You're playing funk music? Like, which I think, you know, he did not expect from me. Like, and uh, he was like, what kind of funk? And I was like, P-funk, like the <laughs> parliament, baby. Like we're on the psych funk, dude. And he was like, I'm down to come jam. So he came and jammed with me and this other drummer. And then and then he was like, hey, I got a trumpet player from my jazz band. Is, you want a trumpet player too? And I was like, hell yeah. So then Sean came over. He plays trumpet. So I had Enrique, Sean, me, and this drummer. And then we were like, oh, we need a guitarist. But then we couldn't find, or we just didn't really do that much effort. And they were like, we have a keys player in our jazz band. Like, you want to bring him in? And I was like, yeah, sure. So then they brought Sir Maul in. <laughs> and then so that was the group. And two weeks before our first show, the drummer's like, I hate this music. This stupid. I'm out of here. Gnarly. And I'm like. communicated that, sir. Yeah, he could have done that earlier, right? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Um, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy it happened the way it did because I started freaking out immediately. And the rest of the guys, they're so good at it. At, at handling me too is another thing they're just so good at taking care of like when i'm like my vision my vision they're like yes like we get what you're trying to do so they were like dude honestly this <laughs> drummer's gonna be better for you like this drummer's way sicker the drummer from our jazz group so then they brought david in and pretty much they're all a jazz group that was already playing but they've come into into this group and it's become it's taken on a totally different thing so mm-hmm. they already all knew each other beforehand, but it's just one by one that group kind of formulated over here. Right. And I think that is partly what makes you guys so unique was, and like, and I, I truly say this in the best possible way, is that it seems like this jazz band that's been established for a really long time and then just this maniac yeah. <laughs> wandering around stage yeah. singing over them. And it's, but like, it jives perfectly. Yeah. It makes for, I think, yeah, like, musical comedy despite there being no actual clear well that's the thing i've i've always been really interested in like like when i hear a song that i that i love um in a f- because it's like funky like w- the kind of music that i want to make like it's so raw and so dope like it's so full of just that funky thing that i i start laughing like I'll turn it all the way up. I'm driving on the freeway or whatever. And I turn it all the way up and it's so funky and there's nothing funny. Like, it's not like sometimes, you know, like George Clinton will say some crazy, whatever, you know, for your mind and your ass will follow. And we're like, yes, dude, that's hilarious. But also like sometimes he might just be like, we want the funk over and over again. That's all he's saying. But it's just so like grooving that you can't help but be like, yeah. And that is what I wanted to access was like, that comedy which isn't because of a joke like i i love cheech and chong i love cheech and chong a lot but i didn't want to do that kind of musical comedy where it's like oh no but listen like here's the setup and the last line rhymes and it's a punch like i didn't want to do that it that just doesn't seem useful to me like flight of the concourse does a great job of that kind of thing but that wasn't what i wanted to be i wanted to make genuine music but but make something 
that's just so funky that you can't help but laugh. But feel like you're in a joke. Feel like like there's there's a difference in perspective, I think. When you listen to like the Flight of the Concords or Cheech and Chong kind of comedic music, it's like here's this performer that's doing something that's funny and I laugh from the audience. And I've always been interested in breaking the fourth wall in all kinds of ways. And, and, and the way I can see it from what funk breaks this fourth wall where it turns your environment into a joke that you are in. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't it hilarious that you can even existential like what? This is nonsense. Like, you know, like right. you and I are in this room with oh, a microphone with the all the electricity that we stole from the sky and like what the hell's <laughs> going on here? Like this is nuts. No, it's, you it, know? It's like rather than a elis- rather than have a lyric that like elicits a laugh from the audience, like I mean, again, all all due respect to them, you guys. Yeah, guys I love like that Jesus stuff. Chong, Flight of the Concords, yeah, love them too. But like there's it's a their lyrics are punchlines whereas the entire the entire essence of the kind of funk that you're doing the, the kind of p-funk is so is just sort of one giant punchline like exactly that, instead of getting like a bottom lyric that right. requires a laugh from the audience you just your audience That's is the just, whole time like it's just going yeah exactly time. you walk like, into the into the room and it's immediately just like oh no <laughs> like you know like that's what i want like um I, I mean you know i think one thing is like my dad grew me up listening to um blues brothers and i think like it's like why why is john belushi and dan Aykroyd playing genuine blues music why are they considered like one of the great blues bands yeah and they they are because they're great Mm -hmm. they're they're awesome but it's like these are comedians so there's like you know the one layer where it's like oh they found one thing to do serious but 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 and there is this love for the music that is serious like they love blues music dan Aykroyd was a freak about it and he brought john belushi in on that and they they are genuinely lovers of of blues music but it's funny. It's just funny when they do it. It just is, you know? And I think, I don't know. I just kind of have always wanted, I just knew that that, that would be what would happen if I let it loose all the way, you know? Mm-hmm. And this band has been really, for me, like time to stop trying to communicate anything in particular, stop trying to say this or that or be this and that for my generation or or back one or the other ideology or really anything at all, you know, this is, this, this is just, I need to let loose the thing that I, that I am. I don't know what it is. And I, maybe people hate it. Mm-hmm. That's what I tried to tell the first drummer is he was like, what if people don't like it? I was like, I don't care. Like <laughs> I have to get it out, dude. This is about, this is me just needing to do it. And then that first show that you were at, like people were flipping and we didn't know if they were going to like it. We thought like maybe they won't dance or maybe it'll go over their head or or maybe it just sucks. I don't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And people were stoked. So it was like a lot of people who like didn't know you guys either. Like, yeah, that was the, that was the thing. It wasn't like it wasn't just yeah. Well, you had like peers and family there that were definitely there to support you. You had a ton of people that were just people who came into this bar on a yeah. Friday night that were losing their minds. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And and we uh, you know, there's always like the beginning of I feel like something like this where it's like this might be something important is like. You kind of have imposter syndrome, you know, you kind of get these like a few shows to knock all of those things down so that we did the first one. Can we even do it? We did it, you know, but it's like, ah, but all our friends are there. What if what if like less of our friends are there 
and you know whatever so then we do the next one and we played with the charities who like killed the audience like smashed it right in front of us they did an encore and then brock dove into the audience and was like like crowd surfing and then like finished their set and the audience is like someone else is coming up like good luck and my band's like what the hell are we gonna do and it was like okay we have to we got to do it now. Like, we got to kill it tonight. And we did. We did a really good job. And people were like, it, we, we didn't suck, you know? Right. So it was like, okay, we can handle that. And then the last one I did no promotion for. I did absolutely no promotion for it. And nobody we knew came. Nobody knew us in the audience, really. Like, except for a few of our friends or whatever. But, like, it was really to, like, strangers. And they got down. They loved it. Yeah. So we were like, okay, I think we can do it. I think, like, this is this is legitimately a product that is serving some use for people somehow mm-hmm. feels crazy to me. Like I, this is something I need, you know? Right. So it's crazy to see other people digging. I'm so happy about that, you know? Yeah. Man. Well, we are actually, believe it or not, we are nearly at the, at the end of our time together. But before we get going, uh, where can people follow the band? Where can people follow you? We're, where, where are you going to be performing next? Yeah. Well, okay. So we're on Instagram. Um, as Buster the Band at but at Buster the Band, um, and we're gonna be playing South Bay Customs. Um, I think it's in El Segundo, El Segundo, California, um, <laughs> not the other one. <laughs> El Segundo, um, Connecticut. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's strange. I don't think that um, exists. I don't think so. They wouldn't approve of that language there. Shout out uh, to my El Segundo, <laughs> Connecticut peeps. If you are, please let us know if you're out there. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're playing South Bay Customs uh, on November 27th, so the night before Thanksgiving. So come on through. It's going to be – everybody's going to be back in town, and there's like there, – it's it's a crazy event. There's like motorcycles in this joint and like come, I think come. a bunch of art and stuff. It's going to be a really cool event. Come on in and wet your turkey whistle with an <laughs> antipasto of funk and motorcycles. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that is so dope that's, that's exactly what's happening that's what you're putting on the posters mm-hmm. yeah not need to quote me uh, <laughs> uh yeah anywhere else or uh for now for now that's it we might be playing saint rock in december but just follow us on the instagram and you'll see us around oh i think we're playing um the hermosa saloon again on january 10th 2020 and that's gonna be a big one because i think that's gonna be us kicking off the uh the decade in which we'll probably take over. So you'll cool. want to be there for that. Well, man. Yeah. So uh, I can definitely attest to all that. So yeah, go give the band a follow. And I truly like, this is speaking as genuinely as possible. I, I really, I, I cannot recommend seeing you guys live enough. Uh, <laughs> like I said, a, a true blast. Awesome. Yeah. Man. I'm so glad. Awesome. Yeah. Buster, thanks so much for coming on, man. Thank you for having me, brother. I really appreciate it. Bye-bye.